Welcome to Growing Up Beverly Hills. I'm Stacy. And I'm David. Stacy and I grew up together in Beverly Hills during the 70s and 80s. Forget what you've seen on TV and in the movies. We're here to bring you the true stories of the people who grew up in Beverly Hills. Our guests range from the rich and famous to those growing up south of the tracks. But they all have had their ups and downs, and they all have a story to tell. Please join in on the conversation by following us on Facebook and Instagram, where we also do pop-up chats. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe. We need your help and support. To keep on growing up Beverly Hills. Hello, Stacy. Hey, David. In this episode, we have an artist. Something new for us. We don't just have any artist. We have pop surreal artist Daniel Maltzman. Well, you can call him Danny or Maltzy. You'll hear about how he started in the L.A. club scene and kept working at his passion for art. Danny's art has a big, bold pop style. He's inspired by the works of Richter and Warhol. He incorporates the influence of advertising on the world and dives into his passion for sports and other pieces. He has a variety of collections that are quite inspiring. Yeah, he's collected by notables such as Justin Bieber, Paris Hilton, and Steve Tisch. He's also represented by galleries across the country, but also sells directly. He's incredibly charitable with his time, creating and donating art to many great causes. I love that. That's very cool. So you're in the know. He brings up Monty's, which was a very cool steakhouse in nearby Westwood on the top of an office building with great views. It was owned by a BH family, and I remember it even burned down once. That building had a big fire. I remember that too. There's still a location open in Woodland Hills. He also mentions Davis Factor, a very successful photographer, along with his brother, Dean, who is the great-grandson of Max Factor. We're coming for you, Dean and Davis. We'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, they'd be great guests. So great. We'll post a bunch of Danny's art, but you can always see more at danielmaltzman.com. Let's listen. Daniel Maltzman, welcome to Growing Up. Beverly Hills. That's me, and I'm happy to be here. Welcome, Danny. There's no place like home, Beverly <laughs> Hills. Born and never left it. Barely, barely. We love it. We love it. Born and bred in Beverly Hills, Daniel Born Maltzman. and bred in Beverly Hills. Well, we're thrilled, and we can't wait to hear all about it. I'll tell you all about it. We like to start with how your family got to Beverly Hills. And why. Family got to Beverly Hills. Someone like Tony Montana said to my grandfather, hey, yo, get the heck out of town. Here's a million dollars. Funny story, though. That's, that's, that's kind of the story because my grandfather was from Chicago and he was attorney for some, uh, some uh, crazy people, I must say, it's about what I can say. And um, he had something he invented that was like a paper towel holder or something. And some uh, business people basically made him give it to him and he had to leave town and he decided that he'd go to Beverly Hills. So <laughs> from Chicago to the cold, to the beautiful, perfect, amazing um, paradise of Beverly Hills is where he went. What era was that? Was that like the 20s? That was, so my mom was born, my dad was born in 38, my mom 41. So she was eight years old. 51, so 1949. Wow. 1949. So my mom grew up in Beverly Hills, went to Beverly High. Oh, uh, My father the same. They met in uh, high school. 
Oh, wow. uh, my mom was engaged to somebody else. My uh, dad snuck her away and they, they got together. Thank God I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have you here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Was that Grandpa Joe who first moved to Beverly Hills? That was Papa Joe. Papa <laughs> Joe, he was a character too. He did so much for charity. And that's one of the things that's really interesting, which we'll talk about a lot today, is a lot of things that I do are for charity. And mm-hmm. I get myself involved with a lot of influential people and, and uh, nothing political, but yes, with uh, entertainment and yes, with sports. And yep. Um, you know, anything that I can do to help a good cause, I'm always there for, but I don't want people to be calling me left and right. So <laughs> I pick and choose a couple of them now and I've been pretty busy. So, cool. um, always helping though. Always helping. Very wonderful. What was Papa Joe's career like? What did he, he was a developer? So Papa Joe was an attorney. He was an attorney and yeah. then he basically got into stocks and real estate and uh-huh. because of Hillcrest, he mm-hmm. was involved with a lot of really great people, very smart people. And they had this connection where they also wanted to always help out and do what they could for charity. And they had a group of probably 10, 15 people. They brought the Israel Tennis Centers mm. to uh, America. And that was his dream. He's the one that is the founder and the father of his father of tennis to Israel. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, he was a really interesting guy. A little tough on my dad, and he was good to us. And we used to, we grew up with tennis rackets in our hand, and everything was tennis, tennis. to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember you guys playing tennis. Yeah, we were all, I, I remember you were like a tennis and golf person. <laughs> yeah, now I'm all golf and art. That's it. Golf That's and great. art. Yeah, and friendships, friendships. I've limited my friendships to a couple of really, really good people. And the best thing about my art is uh, I'm, I'm so close with a lot of my collectors and I've just established these relationships that have um, just changed my life. They're, they're wow. amazing. There's people like Ginger Glass. That's a real estate broker in Beverly mm-hmm, Hills mm-hmm. and one of the most incredible people. Um, anytime that she has a listing, I always help her out. And I, um, I usually put paintings in those homes and it works really well for both of us because it gets her real nice art and she doesn't have to pay for it. Yeah. And I get in front of some very, very influential people that I usually can't get in front of myself. So now I'm starting to get in front of more people and my business is starting to, uh, it's really taken off right now. That's wonderful. I happen to be a huge fan of your art. It, oh, I, I told David so before, much. I said, I think you're like one of the greatest living artists around. It's my most favorite yeah. art. It's, I think it's everything. You know so. what? It's fun and I eat, live and breathe it. And it's just every day I like come up with new things and new ideas and One of the, I'll get into one thing that was kind of interesting talking about that is I've always loved baseball cards. Yeah. I did a thing for a charity um, about three months ago. There's an incredible guy. His name is Darren Kwan. And Darren is my neighbor, which I didn't know. And one of my guys that helped me at my studio move things around and helped with the heavy lifting, his name is Philip. He told me that 
he, I think Philip also went to Beverly too. Oh, um, so yeah. So he told me that I should do some baseball card charity thing for his kid's school. So I made a tiny little Sandy Koufax yeah. with baseball cards behind it and painted Sandy Koufax. And it was the 1956 card. So when it went to the charity, this guy was like, wow, I love this thing. <laughs> Who is this guy? I, I, oh, my God. So I get a call from Darren, and he wanted to meet with me and see the studio and see some other stuff. So we yep. ended up going over. We became really, really good friends. And now to this day, he's like a business partner of mine. And we're doing a whole bunch of stuff with charity and with celebrities. And um, he just got me to Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And in about two weeks, we're going to go to the fight with his team. So we're going with um, his manager and his right hand person and myself and Darren. And we're going to we're going to be able to have some really good seats and be in the mix of the whole thing. And we're trying to do an NFT. If anybody knows what these NFTs are. A non-fungible token. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) So hopefully we'll get it off the ground. I was supposed to do one with somebody that approached me with Tom Brady a little while ago. Wow. And we never got that one off the ground. But actually, um, I think the Manny Pacquiao one will get off the ground. And That'd be I, awesome. Yeah, I think your art lends itself really well to an NFT. We're, we're halfway there. I mean, I met him in his studio uh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Darren and I went over there. And Manny met us and basically they first threw us up the wall against the wall and made us do COVID tests. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Safety first. (laughs) Well, you don't want to mess with Manny. No, listen to this though. A friend of mine told me that he was positive and it was the day before. And I was like, Oh my God, I was in his car yesterday. Oh my God. I'm like, Holy shit. So when they gave us the test, I knew I was fine. I didn't have any symptoms, anything, but who yeah. knows? Yeah. So they yeah. give me the test and I'm panicking going, oh my God, what if I'll be Manny Pacquiao's punching bag? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we ended up um, meeting him, came out. He couldn't be any nicer. He signed, I brought three large paintings. Mm-hmm. They were all paintings of him from his fights. And they were all six feet by five feet. Wow. And we got them all signed. So now I'm in a position to do an NFT and partner up with him and do something really interesting. Wow, that'd be really cool. That's yeah. huge. And that is so amazing and progressive and awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's not great, as big Daniel. as what I'm doing, though, with Stephen Curry, because everybody knows that yesterday Stephen Curry just signed his big deal with the four year extension for a yes. large number. So he signed that deal yesterday, but he also signed my charity painting, which is going to the Tower Cancer Research of Cedar sinai Wow. And there's a big golf tournament on the 21st at Riviera Country Club. And we might do it there, but mm-hmm. we might also push it off so that we could get it to either a Christie's or a Sotheby's or something major because this painting could get six or seven figures on it. Wow. And I take zero. I take zero. I strictly do it actually, you know, just to help out the cause. It helps me in turn, but it's um, it's just fantastic. And when I met Stefan, I met him yesterday at a hotel in Santa Monica called The mm-hmm. Proper. Mm. And literally it took me about three months to get to the right people 
to make the meeting with him and to finalize it. So we finally, we finalized it yesterday. We got the signature wow. and um, we're, we're basically wheels are in action right now, but he was the nicest, the nicest guy of any of the sports people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I give Steph Curry absolutely number one, number one of anybody. Oh, great to hear. Shout out to Steph Curry. Yeah, he came in with no manager, no security, nothing. Wow. wow. And luckily, we were in a private room, so we had like a little ballroom back there. I had my photographer, and I also had one of my handlers. Yesterday was just a, a very, very cool, exciting day. Amazing. I love the camera. I love the the podcast. Um I, I love bringing my story to the world. One of my biggest stories I have is a bunch of paintings I have called, um, it, it's called Art Makes the World Go Round. Yeah. And it, it signifies all my relationships with people that I've met through the art world. And it, it just brings everybody together from every country and, and every anywhere it's just fantastic so is that like kind of a movement you're doing or a project or a series of paintings? it's actually paintings that i do they're kind of graffiti paintings and they have the words written on them art makes the world go round i love art makes the world go round more than anything <laughs> i wanted i've been telling david since yesterday that you you have a whole vibe on art makes the world go round and i just wanted to acknowledge you and tell you how awesome it is how your art and art from everybody unites people and the world i think it's, it's incredible a healing, uh, entity and art is something that if, if you do it and you do it properly and mm-hmm. you're involved for the right reasons and with the right people um it, it it's magical it, it is so magical i can't even tell you because I don't know what it is, but the respect that I get from my friends is like, there's no other. It's right. incredible. And it's so fun, too, because I've had the best nicknames. Like, I live in a building where there's a couple hundred people here. And every time I come in, I've been here for 30 years. I'll never not hear, what's up, Picasso? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And it's just such a compliment. And so nice to hear that. But Picasso was my idol. And just the fact I love I love what he said, which was his famous quote was, it took me a lifetime to learn how to paint like a kid. And that's one of the things that I try to bring out in a lot of my paintings. I've got a lot of very photo real paintings that there's nothing like a kid that they look like. But then again, I've got a number of paintings that are really fun and really cool and it, it looks like you know kids are painting them so um that's really fun really fun it seems like a lot of celebrities have discovered your art do they seek you out or how's that happened you know i wish there was more there's there's not as much as i'd like it to be mm-hmm. when i see a couple of other artist friends of mine and i see what they're doing um i gotta give a shout out to one of my favorite artists and again uh a man who's got a heart of gold an incredible artist and name is Gregory Siff and he's Gregory's got a manager that basically has taken him just through the roof talk about celebrities and things that he's doing and uh, collaborations with other companies Um, I'm a lot of respect for Gregory and he's he's one of my bros but uh, 
that's something that I need to start doing more of. And I'm just starting to now with the Stefan and with the Manny and a few other things. Yeah. Um, I'm getting more into that, but I never really cared about that before. Cause I like to kind of be more low key. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like doing things in the public. I like to, I like to, you know, keep my, um, um, not secretive, but I, I like to, I like to just keep it low key. Yeah. Yeah. The world's too crazy. There's too many weirdos out there. Hell yeah. And even the little social media that I do, creates a, a lot of strange encounterings that I have to deal with. And oh. that's one thing I don't have time for that. And yeah. uh, I just don't think it's appropriate. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to make the world a better place and to paint and to, to do things and um, do things in a positive way. I don't do anything political, n- nothing at all. And um, it's, it's just uh, a blessing that I'm able to, do something that I enjoy doing. My famous line ever is uh, you'll never work a day in your life if it's something that you love to do. And I get to wake up every morning, do what I love to do. And that's my job. That's my life. That is everything that revolves around it. And, um, you know, I'm super, super blessed to, to have this situation that I'm in now. Yeah. I've also had incredible parents like, Unfortunately, my dad is on the dying table right now. Mm. He's had Parkinson's for about 20 years. And and unfortunately, they had to put a tube in his stomach. And ever since they did that, it was like game over. He doesn't know who we are anymore. He's uh, got, yeah, it's it's the final days. Yeah. So sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But it's been going on for a while. So, you know, after a little bit, you you can kind of have to accept it. And understand that, you know, the world's a circle, our life's a circle, and yeah. we're just a, a tiny little a dot on the uh, on, on that on that canvas. And that is true. There's there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the world's so crazy. I mean, what we experienced in the last two years has just rattled my feathers. It's crazy. Me too. Yep. Yeah. It's it's done it to everybody. It's yeah. just oh, yeah. the, the shock of, of history. I mean, nothing like it. Nothing like it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just pray that we will all get out of this and back to life. You know what? I just pray that we don't get as divisive as we've been because Mm. there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that whatsoever. And, you know, we're all in this world together. And to have anything divisive, just it's not a healing um, uh, element. And it's, it's just something that bothers me more than anything. Well, me too. And I think David as well, we agree with you. And we're all hoping that we can, people could choose love over fear and let's heal the world and let's have a safer place. You know what? It's so much easier, Stacey, to be nice than to be an asshole. Totally. And for me, there's nothing that I can say, oh, I'm the smartest guy. I'm the greatest artist. I'm this, I'm that. No, no. But what I can tell people and I feel more confident about it than anything in the world is nobody's ever going to meet a guy that's nicer than I am. And if right. they do, um, I want to meet that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like, don't you acknowledge with your friends and people, good humans, don't you have a good human club and you kind of acknowledge mm-hmm. good people out there. I think that's really cool. I like, I like doing that. I'll get back to that when I have some time, but I was yeah. doing that 
a little while ago and I got really, really busy and stopped it. But the Good Human Club will continue and talk about, you know, collectors and friends of mine that I met through art. That was through a friend of mine named Blake. And I helped him out with a couple of homes that he had there in the Palm Desert area. He became one of my very, very close friends. Probably talked to him almost every day. If not, not, we text or email. And he's turned me into so many fantastic other clients. Wonderful. See, the good humans, they pay back. And I said, you know what? I'm going to play off your little good human club thing with some art. No, I'm going to do it with art because he just used it as a term. And I turned it into, let's give these guys like a little mini gift. We'll put something together. And I started making a couple of those cards. And then all of a sudden, I posted it. And all of a, everybody was like, oh, my God, I want one of those. I want one of those. It's so what really I'm cool. doing now is um, I got a screenshot of you, Stacy. Oh. I'm going to get one of Dave afterwards. But I'm doing little hand drawings on my phone where it's an app. But the app doesn't yeah. do anything for you other than give you something to write with. Yeah. So I do these quick little sketches. And oh. how you look right now it's it's under a five minute sketch wow. so you have to keep that in mind okay and they're really funny and i put things into it that have something that applies to the person that i'm painting so Wonderful. i'm doing that on my phone with my finger and when it's over with i text it to them i've done 12 of them it all started with davis factor because i oh. was talking to davis and mm-hmm. i was making a painting of his girlfriend baby thunder x and <laughs> might be fiance now i don't know but <laughs> Anyhow, so um, literally I was talking to him and about three minutes later, I sent him the picture of what we were, because we were talking FaceTime mm-hmm. and I shot him that and he was like blown away. <laughs> so I did it with somebody else and they were like, oh my God, that's incredible. How'd you do that? Yeah. And I did it with someone else and now I've got like 12 of them. And I'm starting to do it when I have a little bit of free time and I'm sitting around. Those would actually make great NFTs. Oh, that's yeah, what that's, they would. They, that's, that's a perfect format. Yeah. So yeah. the funny thing is I told Steph yesterday yeah. that I would send him one. So I'm yep. going to do one of him today and send it to oh, him later on. Oh, I love on. that. Isn't yeah. that the best? Yeah. You're like, I'm going to send Steph Curry a little just piece of art today. <laughs> <laughs> a little badass, Daniel, I must say. You know what? It was never like that. It's just getting like that. I remember I, I did a bunch of TV shows. So yeah. one of them, it was so funny because it was the, the dating show, like the, uh, the Millionaire Matchmaker. Yeah. And it was Patty. And she's like, you're such a social climber, like Hollywood guy. I'm like, I don't need it. I don't know any Hollywood people. <laughs> At the time, I was actually doing two charity pieces. One of them was Britney Spears and the other one was Paris Hilton. And they were the hottest thing in, in, in the yeah. Hollywood world at the time. So when I mentioned those names, she was just like, you're such a Hollywood name dropper. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just telling you what's going on. Yeah. I'm not throwing names at you, you know, for any other reason. Except this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. This is the life of Maltzy. Yeah, so yeah everyone, everyone now calls me Maltzy. I love it. It's, it's great. It's great. It's just been so much fun. Every aspect of this is uh, just, it, it's a really good time. Was the art something you were interested in high school? 
You know what? I always drew. I always like to draw little cartoons mm -hmm. and little twiggies and little Mickey Mouses. And then I started, you know, drawing like uh, skateboard people and tennis, all this stuff that I was interested in. So right. I hated school. So during school, I would just take a pencil and draw and doodle. And and every day I would I would just doodle away. Yeah. But and um, I never really got into it until I was about been doing it for about 30 years now. Yeah. I ran a really cool club. Anyone that went to Beverly High during the time that I went there it was called Bar One. Heck and yeah. A couple <laughs> yeah. of my buddies and I, we were the king of Bar One. Oh, and we yeah. did a Thursday and a Saturday night when it was no one else was doing any promotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we had so much fun. Tell people what a wild night at bar one was like back in the day. Oh man, I can't remember. I think I drank too much. Uh -oh. <laughs> <Pull it back laughs> out. But the good thing is I never really got involved with drugs and I was lucky enough to escape that because a lot of people really fell into that rabbit hole. Sure. And especially was, in the eighties. Oh man, I was so lucky. I mean, uh, for me not to have, have gotten caught up in that was yeah. I don't know how I didn't, but um, very, very exciting. And the world was really fun. We, we had an incredible childhood. And uh, I would say from like 20 to 40 was unbelievable. Just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, let's go backwards a little bit before you were 20. So what, what elementary school did you go to, Daniel? I was at El Rodale. Uh, all I wanted to do was collect baseball cards and skateboard and play tennis. Right. And, and chase girls. Did I hear that you <laughs> lost your baseball card collection at some I point? Did. I did. I sold it to a fellow. I won't say who it is. Okay. There's privacy factor there. Sold it to a Beverly Hills high school friend. But yeah. you know what's really funny? At the beginning of COVID, I started collecting again. And I really got into it. And um, to this day, I just I just love it. I have a few cards. They're just sitting in my bank vault. And wow. I, I think it's a great asset. I think it's something kind of like gold or like, you know, a good stock or whatever it is. Yeah. I've just been a big believer that cards go up and down and up and down. And what I do is I like to buy people's entire collections. Cool. So I did that. That's how I had that collection to sell. Because mm -hmm. in 1989, I would get in my car uh -huh. and I would drive all over the city and I'd put an ad in the LA Times looking for baseball cards. Really? And I would get people all the time calling me. I'd go to San Diego. I'd go to Palm Springs. I'd go to Lancaster. No matter where it was, um, I would go and I would come and bring back baseball cards. So I ended up selling all those at, at that time. So now I'm more select. And the funny thing is there was one guy that recently he was in San Diego and he bought a, a garbage collection. There's no really good cards or anything. Right. But I call it art supplies. So he had three million cards. Oh, wow. And I made a deal with him where the price I, I couldn't turn down. And it's something that now I have an endless supply of garbage cards yeah. that I could make race car paintings i could make playboy paintings i could make baseball basketball football hockey 
no matter what it is, because I'm not looking at what the value of the cards are, right. but I use them as the background of my painting. Which and I I've love. been doing this for a couple of months now. So it's a multimedia where you're actually placing the cards on the canvas as the background? Yeah, yeah. They're, they, make, they make the painting so like so different yeah. and unique, but yet it personalized it to me. Because anyone that knows that I'm doing this, I came up with the idea. I started this. Right. I did this. I've done mm -hmm. it on a pretty large scale. So art's interesting. If you're the one that comes up with the idea and people know it, that's a big thing. Yeah. So I've done that with a lot of different things, but nothing like, you know, nothing like the genius of Damien Hirst coming up with his dots. I mean, that's probably like one of the best things ever. Yeah. Um, and little, little things like, you know, what, uh, you know, Jim Dine was known for his hearts, which sure. a lot of people don't know that because there's a lot of other people that do hearts. But right. if you really look at who really did the hearts, it was Jim Dine. And the other funny thing is it's not even Damien Hirst that came up with the dots. It's another artist named Thomas. I forget his last name, but I think it was in the 60s. And wow. he did the same exact dots that Hirst was doing um, that really launched his career. Oh, wow. And then yeah. you all, and I love what you're doing with the baseball cards and all your cards. I think it's incredible. And you kind of also established yourself with these butterflies. I mean, do, are you yeah, known the for the butterflies really, as well? Really starting to take off with. I mean, they're very different than any other artist that does them. Yeah. And I think butterflies are beautiful because they really like they, they promote a positive feeling. And almost anybody that that, you know, talks about or sees or or looks at the butterfly paintings, they just love it. It's just uh, mm -hmm. it's just such a positive thing. It's, it's, it's really like rebirth cool. and it's just it starting is, it over is. and it's just beautiful. I love, I love everything you do, so. Thank it's, you so much, amazing. thank you, thank you. So how'd you get your start? How did you make the transition into the art world? Well, because I always kind of doodled and messed around, I never really knew the details of where to get the canvases and, um, how to get into, you know, the galleries and everything else. So mm -hmm. there was a girl that my my cousin introduced me to when I was like 21 or maybe 22 and went on a date with her and she was an artist. And all I remember is her name was Robin. <laughs> I don't remember any more than that. <laughs> Changed but my life, I, I but her like, name is Robin. What do you mean? <laughs> an artist? We went into my balcony. We got some paints. And I had this little clown, like it was a Pinocchio type of um, uh, character and it was sitting in my house. And she's like, here, let's paint this. And I painted it and then I painted it again and again and again and again and again and again. And, again. Mm -hmm. and I just started really getting into trying to paint these things that I would see. And then I would paint other things like uh, tennis rackets and all kinds of things that I, I thought were cool. Wow. And then I started going further and getting more into painting people and taking classes and really, really getting into it. And I just got addicted. Like I couldn't do anything but this and it never stopped. How do you go from that to then selling your first pieces? Yeah. Well, my first piece, the, the one that I did it was it was so cool too because let's get some more names in here. Let's do Thanks, it. Shaquille. 
Shaquille used to live in the building that I live in. Oh, wow. And I was doing a lot of really colorful, cool, abstract paintings. They were really large. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine had a, a cigar shop in Venice. And we put a show together. That was one of my first shows. Uh -huh. And literally, I was selling the paintings for like $200 at the time. Wow. And I probably had like 10 paintings in that show. And then people were like, oh, my God, I love your steer. Amazing. Whoa. And then I started doing more and more paintings. And then there was a great place in Westwood, if you guys remember, a little nostalgia, Monty's. Sure. Yeah, Monty's Steakhouse. of course, Steakhouse. That was uh, the Levines. Yeah, Michael Levine. Michael is just the coolest guy ever. We became really good friends. And I would do, I did a show. My second show was there at Monty's. And that was a little more of a real show. Mm -hmm. And we probably had, I don't know, 50, 100 people there or something. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, people are starting to talk about, oh, who's this Daniel Maltzman? I like his stuff. Wow. And then cool. I started selling a few things. And then the next big one was Beverly Hills, the Beverly yeah. Hills Art Show at the Art Fair. Oh, yeah. right. So I did, a, I did a show there at the Art Fair. So every year, Beverly Hills has a big art fair where they take over some of the streets and... People exhibit their art exactly. and sell it's it. It's called the Beverly Hills Affair of the Gardens, they call That's it. That's right. And it's a big thing in Beverly Hills. And it's it's just a lot of fun. It's really cool. So mm -hmm. I only did it that one year because yeah. um, I got involved with a canvas maker that was in Palm Springs. Mm. His name is John Driscoll. And I've probably bought 99% of all my canvases from him. Now I make them myself and I, I put them together. I have someone that makes the wood frame for me. Mm -hmm. And then I staple the canvas and stretch the canvas and oh, wow. do them myself. But uh, for a long, long, long time, I've had John where I'd call him up. Uh, John, I need 50 canvases. Can you please come to Culver City? Wow. And I would always bounce around from different studios, like had a studio <laughs> in Culver City had a studio in Santa Monica, had a studio in Beverly Hills, had a gallery in Beverly Hills. Right. Had, I was at the Boy Scouts. My first, very first um, place that I made my studio, I leased on Overland and National. Mm -hmm. It was like 500 square feet in the garage of the Boy Scouts. But wow. it was kind of outside, inside. It gave me a place that was, you know, somewhere I can go every day and I can throw sure. the paints around and not have to worry about destroying you know my house so yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. that, yeah that was fantastic and I did that for a while and then went to another one and another one you know now I'm much more private I don't really have any uh gallery and I've I've um just been you know kind of just been working on more selling rather than rather than um producing it's tough because there's two aspects to art. You have to make it, but then you have to sell it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it really comes to supply and demand. And if you have a lot of supply, mm -hmm. your price is going to go down because right. people are going to go, wow, wait a minute, you have so much. Right. But the truth of the matter is, if anybody's listening here, I may have a lot, but what I have, I call that my personal collection. Mm -hmm. So that's not public. That's not for anybody to purchase. Yeah. The only stuff that people can purchase are either what I want to open the door to or what a gallery 
I give them, like I work with a handful of galleries. Sure. I work with some great galleries. I don't want to mention everybody, but they're all over the, the country. And I give them each a couple of paintings. Yeah. And they've been incredible relationships for me too. And it's, it's really helped get things out there. And the way the world is now with the computer and everything else, it's difficult for these galleries because artists are able to go direct so much. Right. But let me tell you, if there's anything that any of my galleries even say that this thing came from them, I'm more than happy to pay the gallery. And, you know, I want to, the, the most important thing is my name and my goodwill. Yeah. And that's an important relationship, an artist and the gallery. It is. It is. Because right now the galleries are getting killed because everybody's going around them. And exactly. I, I just don't think that that's you know, the right thing to do. But I'm not going to give somebody my entire inventory because that would be stupid. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's an unusual career pathway. I don't think we know of too many artists who went to Beverly and are from Beverly Hills. Do you know of others or was there other people? Yeah, Eddie Massey. Eddie Massey is mm. one of my very, very, very close friends. He, maybe he is as nice as I am. He's one of the <laughs> nice guys. He, Eddie Massey, oh, do I love him. And he's just such a great guy. And it's funny, him and I are working on something with my art and mm -hmm. his brains. And right. we've been working on this for about 15 years. Wow. And we're close to getting it to happen. And it has a little bit of something. I don't even know what it is. He won't tell me what it is. I've been waiting 15 years <laughs> to try to hear what this is. Right. Well, we're I, know it has, I know it has something to do with my art, and my inventory, because he's seen what I had. Yeah. And he just like a light bulb went off in his head. And he's like, Daniel, this is going to take a while. But when we do this, it's going to be the coolest thing ever. Well, we're excited. Relax. And yeah, I'm excited too. And keep us posted. For sure. Definitely. Does like your background from Beverly Hills and those connections, did they make a difference in it all? Beverly Hills is a tough place, I'll tell you. Is it? Not a lot of my connections are really, you know, uh, I don't think there's so much heart that, that you see in other places, like people from the South and, mm -hmm. and other people that I've met through business. I do have a couple of friends. I mean, I've kept in touch with yeah. a lot of them. But, you know, when you grow up in Beverly Hills and you're in that little circle, uh, there's a little bit of a nose that sticks up. And uh -huh. it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I see it a lot. I definitely yeah. do. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> with age and everything, everybody kind of loses some of that pretense. Sure. The craziest thing ever. I reached out to one of my best friends ever from childhood yeah. and he make an effort to, to meet up with me. I, it was like, it was shocking. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was, it was crazy because anybody that I had been friends with in the past, especially as good of friends as I was with this person yeah. to not be able to have that friendship and establishment and be able to, you know, continue it in your later years. It's sad. It, it's yeah. too bad. So but so I look at, at it 100% as his loss because I don't need anything from anybody. And that's one great thing about my life. I'm just, I'm content. If I had nothing, I'd be fine. 
And I really, there's nothing I need from anybody. Just uh, very, very blessed to, to be able to just, you know, be happy by myself. That also allows you to enjoy everybody else. That's true. That's true, too. Definitely. And it gives you the freedom to be who you are and create your work and continue to really be an entrepreneur and really share your love around the world. I think it's just incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Make a living and create a whole life just doing what you want to do. I mean, not many people can say that. And going beyond making a living. It's incredible. Like one guy, I don't know if you guys know, but I had the gallery in Beverly Hills. It's on Beverly Drive. I did. Yeah, we did. So for about four years, I ran that gallery and I only sold my work. And I worked my, that was the hardest I've ever worked because I always had the gallery open Anybody was able to come in. I met a million people there and some of my best friends in the world, like my friend with a water company. Yeah. I made a painting of his wife and instead of him paying for it, writing me a check, I took the chance and basically invested in his company and he ended up selling the company and I did really well after that. Um, For that one painting, it was, it was great. That's a maltzy mazel. A maltzy mazel. I like that. That's, that's going to have to be a painting. Okay. The, interesting thing, the interesting thing about that painting is I never met Kobe, but Kobe was one of his partners. And he brought Kobe into his business and made him a fortune. And they were very, very, very close. So before Kobe passed, my friend Lance is his name. He asked me to make a painting of Kobe. So I made two of them. And oh, cool. unfortunately, we never were able to get it to Kobe. Oh. But just the other day, I invested back into some of his new companies. Yeah. And in part of it, his partner's probably one of the biggest guys in the business. And when he saw the paintings of Kobe, they were a combination of Kobe and their company, yeah. both of the paintings. Mm-hmm. I just sent them to him in New York. And here they're in the corporate offices now. Oh, that's great. Found the perfect place for them. Kobe, Kobe lives on with, with uh, body armor. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah. Amazing. Really, really, really fun. Um, The other thing that's really catapulted my career and my friendships and my world is golf. Mm. Um, I, as much as I am in love with my art, I am with golf. And the people that I meet and the friendships that I have through that is is just next to none. Wow. Yeah. So like 20 years ago, I thought I was cool. I'd get a publicist. So I found uh, this girl that was with Rogers and Cowan. Yeah. And it ended up, uh, we did a couple things. I went to a bunch of these cool parties, met a lot of fun people. But it ended up that I, I started doing a lot of reality TV after that. I saw you on all of them. Oh yeah, you appeared on like Real Housewives and some- yeah, I did. I did that. I did that one. I did the Housewives of Orange County. Uh-huh. Um, I did a few other little ones here and there, but so you just showed up as yourself, and people were interested in your art, or what was your? You know experience? what? I love the camera. I like talking to the camera. I like talking to people. I like meeting, you know, new friends. But I've met a lot of great people through that too, and that that was just you know a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Cool. So Daniel, what I really love is how you keep going with your loves. And I love what you do with your sports and your golf paintings and incorporating for, I just, I don't know. I just think your art's so great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. 
Do you set goals for yourself? Like, here's where I want to be in my career, and here's. I wish I wish I could, but but that's not like how life works with yeah. art. It's such a crazy animal that you never know what's going to happen. Like yeah. the thing that I I told you about with Curry, if three months ago when I was uh, hitting balls at a golf club, I spoke to a guy, and he was thanking me for helping him with his charity for the last five years because i've always helped them and given them paintings but i didn't know that this was one of the main guys his name is ron Cherney that's involved with it and ron basically um i i said who can you get to that maybe we can get something signed and he's like i think i can get to steph curry so i was like wow that'd be great let's do it Perfect. so i ended up making the painting mm -hmm. and finally when i got the painting made Sorry, Ron. <laughs> he couldn't get me to step. So I used another friend of mine. And that person, uh, they're, they're one of the owners of the team, the most incredible people ever. And they ended up doing me a big favor, especially because it was for charity. And they got me to him. And that was the dream day yesterday that occurred because of all of that happening. But it's like with art, you don't really have goals. Like, you could pick yeah. up the phone one day and someone can call and say, oh, hey, this is JoJo. And uh, I need to meet up with you. I love your art. I'm building a big house. I need stuff. I, I love art. I'm a collector. Boom. And all of a sudden, because they got to be ready, willing, and able. They have to have a place for it. They have to believe in you. They have to feel that, you know, what they're going to buy is going to be worth more later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think I owe it to my people that do purchase my art, that my art just continues to go up and up and up and up. But I'm pretty happy at the levels that they're at now. I don't really have to play that Gagosian game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's too tough and there's, it, it's just, there's too many um, hoops that you gotta jump in order to, to be in that world. So I'm pretty happy with the world that I'm in and uh, the respect that I get and the people that I meet and everything that goes with, with my career. So yeah, I feel like I'm really, really lucky and um, very, very happy in, in the place that I'm at right now. Amazing. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like there's a, a way in, to go that is endless. It's almost like painters, uh, their careers are infinity. There's, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll never learn enough about painting to where you know everything. And you'll never be in a place where you think like, I, I bet you that Jeffrey Coons and Damien Hurst and Alex Israel and all these other people, they probably don't think that they're at the level that they want to be because it's infinity. It, it's endless. It, it's yeah. crazy. And it's all in perspective of, you know, who you are. And like, I remember Chuck Rinaldi was a, is a fantastic artist, Venice artist. Yeah. And when I first started, I was friendly with him and I was like, God, man, damn, you're like in another world when it, when we're, we're talking about where these artists are. And he kind of looked at me and was like, I'm not nearly where I want to be. Mm. And now I really understand that. I really get that. I think that everybody's got their expectations and in terms of goals. Yeah. My, my, I'd like to be as high as I could be on the art spectrum but I don't, um, I don't have any expectations. 
I, I just look at it as whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And um, just very fortunate that it's gotten to the point that it's at right now. Yeah. Well, such a great place to be in. Amazing. Well, thank you, guys. Proud. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Daniel, this was incredible chatting with you. I'm so glad we got to catch up and see what you've been doing. And and thank you, you are so much. Quite the incredible artist. And I love everything that you're doing. And you continue doing your art because that art makes the world go round. Art makes the world go <laughs> round. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on. And You're welcome, guys. It was a guys. pleasure having you on Growing Up Beverly Hills. Let me know when you get that together. I can't wait to hear it and see it. Uh, okay, Thanks. thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All Thanks, right. Daniel. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. Please join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Instagram. If you or somebody you know would make a good guess, let us know. We're looking to tell every type of story. If you haven't done it already, be sure to give us five stars and write us a review. So suicide has personally affected my life. And we like to mention at the end of our show that there is help for everybody out there. You know, I think everybody's going through a tough time now. And we don't want anybody to take their lives. Especially during this COVID situation, uh, we've all been experiencing depression and hard times. Things can always get better. Everything bad now can get better. Everything can get better, and there is a lot of help out there. So please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. There is always help. It doesn't hurt to call, so do that. You don't have to do this alone. There's always help.